This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the True Beauty Brooklyn podcast. I'm Elizabeth Taylor. And I'm Alex Shapiro. We're estheticians in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, and we work with really incredible, diverse, ambitious, and driven people who are killing it in life. They deserve to be celebrated, and on this podcast, we're going to be sharing their stories with you. Yeah, and in between our interview episodes, we'll have Beauty School, where it's just the two of us, maybe some guest stars, and we'll be chatting about beauty, life, weird shit about being in your 30s, and learning more about one another, because that's what makes us more similar than different. Also, we're a lot of fun, and we have a super multicultural community, and we kind of think that you might too. So, why not talk about all things beauty under one black and Jewish roof? Plus, we'll be answering listener questions, so be sure to write us at truebeautybrokenpodcast at gmail.com. All right, guys, let's jump into the show. Oh, hey guys. Hey, it's Elizabeth and Alex. Welcome to the True Beauty Brooklyn podcast. Today we have an interview with a gal named Lena Chow. She's from Brooklyn. She's the baddest bitch around a gal. I know, like, just a gal. No, she's a bad bitch from the streets of Canarsie. Yes, I love her. Um, You could hear it in her amazing New York accent. Mm-hmm. She's really, really, really cool. She has started a sustainable line of, basically, they're a replacement for face wipes mm-hmm. and cotton rounds. Yeah. And they are so well thought out. It's insane. And sustainability is extremely important to her. And she points out that it just, sustainability isn't as simple as just reducing waste. It's linked to climate change. It's how we treat the most vulnerable communities. I can't mm-hmm. speak. And human inequities in the country and around the world and she's just a sweet woman who thought so deeply into starting this company Mm -hmm. that it's not just like yeah I want to make an all-natural face thing right yeah no she lived she just had so many lived experiences that just it you know seems like makes it made her an incredibly empathetic person but also a person that understands the world on a deeper level like kind of the way that New York tends to do because you know it's look New York kids are 30 by the time they're 12. If you're from New York, you, most people are probably running the streets. <laughs> it's true. And she, like, you can just tell that she just learned so, so much from that and put that all into this company and thought down to, yeah, the littlest person on, no, not the littlest person on the totem pole. What am I trying to say? 
Dude, from like where the water ends up from the bamboo to like how it ends up in your cabinet, this girl has thought it all through. That's what I'm trying to say. Yes, she thought about every single person along the way. Really sustainable product. She talks all about why face wipes are not good for you, especially not good for the environment, and why what she has created is a great replacement. And just talks about how sustainability in the beauty industry is not always what it seems to be. Totally. So it's very important to do your research or to just buy from a company like clean circle which is the name of lena's brand um a company that really cares and actually wants to be um a sustainable company just for people and the environment totally yeah so yeah without further ado enjoy our interview with lena chow the founder of clean circle I'm Lena Chow. Uh, I'm the founder of Clean Circle, and I'm born and raised in Brooklyn. My, ba- <laughs> my background <laughs> is actually in education. Uh-huh. So I spent over 10 years in New York City charter school, private schools, public schools, uh, ensuring that students, usually mostly students of color, low income, had the resources to go to college. So that was like my thing. Education equity was yeah. like my bread and butter. I love the work. I'm a first-gen, low-income student, first my family to go to college Uh so I wanted like I knew what it was like college changed my life changed the trajectory of my life literally brought me from like poverty to middle class so I wanted to like continue doing that work uh so that kind of like is my background uh over like I said over a decade in it and it was actually only last year when I transitioned into, I guess, this entrepreneur uh, entrepreneurship state. And I founded a small beauty brand uh, just last year. We launched in December of 2020. So, so wow. that's why I'm so young. Yeah. Uh, that's why your podcast was perfect because I was listening and learning. Really? And being, yes. And being oh, in the so space cool. and being in, like being in, I think, um, like inspired as well, right? Because you're, when you're in it, built building and product developing you're like you're trying to find other resources and you know like during covid you're in your own head right totally so that's why um like i said i loved uh finding different podcasts to listen to and you know all of last year you know i built out my business we launched in this uh december of 2020 so it's only been really five full months five you know going on six uh in retailers uh you know we're in asos we're talking to a lot of big uh big other retailers really exciting things coming down the pipeline and yeah so it's been a really fun ride um how i transitioned i think is what's always interesting to a lot of people Mm -hmm. is I loved beauty. You could, you know, for I think a lot of people that maybe self-identify as more just people in general, right? Mm-hmm. If you love beauty, feel you could, you know, it's inspiring. You know, it's uplifting. You know, it's a place that people go to to feel like they can be themselves, right? When yeah. it comes to skincare or, yeah, or even color cosmetic, totally, and you feel good about it. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, through my ten years of education people weren't feeling good about it. Mm-hmm. I worked with the students. I worked with the young women, young women of color, especially too. And I know uh, through my conversations, holding circles and, you know, being their college counselors, uh, talking to their parents, talking to their, uh, you know, talk to the guardians. If, you know, you know, I don't want to be <laughs> parents, but guardians. Right. But I knew that 
the beauty space was really broken because people weren't really seen. What mm -hmm. we think of as the beauty space in this ideal way mm -hmm. wasn't really translating down to the students that I was working with. Totally. So, so I, you know, throughout the 10 years and every single time I had these conversations with young women, uh, young people really, that felt that like that had so much unrealistic I think expectations around how they looked, how they saw themselves in the grand scheme of society mm -hmm. was really detrimental to their mental health. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I would say almost, this is super personal. About, I think almost nine years ago, I um, I actually was interning, uh, worked with a, some some young women that uh, were going through some you know body positivity uh, issues, right? Mm -hmm. Really trying to figure out what that was. So I was like through my counseling work and trying to help them, kind of understand. Of course, I end up going to college, but at the same time, I like, think through like the social aspect of being in high school, and this was uh, I think the turning point for me. Uh, one morning, I got a call from the principal at a school in Manhattan too, public school in Manhattan, mm -hmm. was like, hey, you know, you can come out a little bit later. Your counseling sessions don't need to start so early. And I was like, oh, okay, what's going on? And they're like, well, that student's in the hospital for attempted suicide. Oh, my God. And, and I was like, whoa, I yeah. am 21, 22 or something. I was like, well, this is like an internship right now. Like, right. I didn't oh my God. this. Right. It's like straight up interning. You're right. like in your hours. Um <laughs> You weren't serious. expecting it. Yeah, you're just like, whoa, not this is kind of like above like, my pay grade. <laughs> above my pay grade, this girl is not that much younger than me, right? Yeah. The thing is, like, again, if you're doing those sessions, you're in there one-on-one, -on -one, you're hearing, like, of course, that mental health is mental health, but then you hear the other parts of it that adds onto it, that layers into how we see ourselves, mm -hmm. and that was like nine years ago. So I was like, this is broken. Yeah. Oh, we can love beauty. We can love all of it. But if it doesn't make people, if it doesn't help people feel good or yeah. make them truly feel good, then it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So that's like a very long story to like my background and taking um, my background in education equity, taking my experience and trying to shift the narrative around, I think, what beauty can be, which mm -hmm. is ethical, which is equitable, sustainable, and just reimagining a space that I think gives us a peace of mind. Yeah. So we can truly feel like it's a space for all of us. Totally. That's so nice. Yeah. So, I mean, so a very long story. No, but that <laughs> no, was so that was beautiful. So that was like, nice. yeah, that was really beautiful. I felt beautiful. like a little, like, emotional. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you said so many great things. I love the term education equity. I love that. Yeah. I've never heard that before. But that's, I mean, everything about it, I understand and is so true. And also, I mean, just... I don't have very many young people in my life, but one of the things like when starting the podcast was like just creating something that I didn't see, but mm -hmm. that like you're from Brooklyn. So, you know, that like in our everyday lives, we see so many different types of beauty. And I think that we're a little bit spoiled because New York, you're celebrated for your kind of like your uniqueness, but it's why we all pay like to live here. <laughs> to, like, deal with this shit. Do you know, it's like for the culture. And so it's really a shame that it's not reflected more in, like, the media. I mean, social media is changing things for sure. I, mm -hmm. I like to think, but then you hear about, like, girls, like, you know, young women and, like, using the filters and just, I don't know, just even seeing the same plastic surgery sort of across the board, everybody trying to right. look like this one version of beauty, which is, like, this weird... It's hard because I think, and you are so correct that, like, 
social media has changed that, but I think social media has then also perpetuated this yeah. false idea for a lot of people, especially uh-huh. women, of like what you should look like, what beauty totally. should be. Mm-hmm. Totally. But then also social media has been great to promote like sustainability is important within beauty. Mm-hmm. So it's so tricky. Yeah. Like it's really tricky. Yeah. It- yeah, you're both absolutely right, right? Like there's uh, two sides to the coin where, of course, um, we're sold on, well, quote unquote, like sold on maybe a certain look or a certain thing. But at the same time, it's also bringing on these like positivity movements. Yeah. So yeah. organically, which I absolutely love, like right now, skin positivity. Mm-hmm. And it's been going, right, for I think the, like definitely, the, especially during COVID and just like take off all your makeup. This is what my skin is like. Yes. And I'm going to start my journey of uh, accepting Mm-hmm. accepting and loving it so i love it so you get two sides of the coin i totally uh, i it's totally true. get that yeah um i have a question can we talk about your childhood a little bit like growing up in brooklyn oh yeah oh my god i love it. <laughs> so, i just want to know everything from the beginning yeah so i'm born and raised uh in brooklyn um I lived in Canarsie. This was like in the 80s. So Canarsie mm-hmm. looked a little different mm-hmm. uh, back then. So I grew up there. My parents came to the country like, you know, what, 30 years ago or so. They actually worked in the factories in New York City, Chinatown. So at that time, Chinatown did, was not owned by NYU. Chinatown was not <laughs> owned, uh, did not have all the coffee shops. Mm-hmm. It truly was, um, you know, community of new immigrants, old immigrants, and Textile, so factories, uh, cl- garment factories, were the lifeline of these families. Mm-hmm. My family's no different. So my parents worked uh, worked in the garment factories until they saved enough to kind of purchase their own and start kind of getting um, working with some of the getting the quote unquote clients, right? Mm-hmm. And then of course, just because you quote unquote own one, um, it, you're still working, right? You're still kind of, of managing, still working yeah. as as well. So I grew up in that, and I loved, like, you're right, growing up in New York, you the diversity from day one. Uh, I, that's where you really kind of value the differences. Like, I remember learning about black hair mm-hmm. so young, mm-hmm. and, and that's something that nowadays people are, you know, putting a lot more focus on. But I remember learning all these tips and tricks. I was like, I I didn't even know of this. So I loved growing up in Brooklyn because I learned from such a diverse amount of people and students. And of course, and then if we were to... I think break it down a little bit more. It's not just black or or Latino, right? It's like then you learn about Africans, and then you start learning about the the super like nuance of the differences. So I I like I said cannot complain about Brooklyn at all. And then um, that was Brooklyn. Then um, I you know went away to college, and I went upstate to college. Mm. Came back. Real, was up there upstate four years I was like this is enough of farmlands a little bit different and <laughs> where is, upstate did a, you go where I went up go? to Buffalo SUNY Buffalo oh yeah yeah you went up there I had some fr- I'm from Long Island so like a lot of I feel like a lot of Long Island people go to Buffalo for school, they do right they really really do and I <laughs> And, you know, now that uh, we know, it's technically not upstate. It's western New York. I know. know, I love. Girl, listen, to me, anything above the Bronx is upstate. It's upstate. (laughs) Upstate. Absolutely. Uh, So it's, you know, I I really loved it. Uh, It was a great experience because it was my first time out of the city. You're, like, talking, you know, when you bring 
any type of downstate, New York City person. Yeah, you're a city kid. Like upwards, like learning about cow tipping and all that great stuff. <laughs> great experience. Um, it must have been I, like weird for you. It was a hard adjustment because yeah. I think that it was a hard adjustment because, it, you know, even though you could grow up in a really diverse place, when you start moving, moving up, upwards of the Bronx, so when you start going up <laughs> west of New York, even truly upstate, like the, the, the demographic changes. Yeah. So even though you could be a majority somewhere, you're truly a minority when you kind of go a little, when, when you leave, right? Uh, I will say that, you know, going up to Buffalo allowed me to connect deeper to, I think, my heritage. So I'm a very proud Chinese-American, you know, like I say, Born and raised in Brooklyn, first gen, super, super proud, proud of that part of my life, right? And being really co- connected to my culture. Like, I was in ESL till I was in, like, fourth grade. Mm, my parents wow. were like, how come you still don't speak English? And I was like, <laughs> because, because you didn't teach me. Because we were speaking at home. That is why. Wait, that's amazing. Did your parents was, speak English at the time or not real, Not the best? No, they're, they're still pretty. They're, they're still, like, yeah. obviously in 30 years, um, it's still not the language we speak at home. Yeah. Uh, we speak a dialect off of Cantonese. Pretty, mm-hmm. very popular mm-hmm. still. But, you know, we even now we still don't. But my parents, of course, they picked up the language. Right. But yeah. it's not something that we even speak to, to this day at the dinner table. I right. mean, but it I also just... depends, sorry, on, like, where you're living. Yeah. Like, we're in Greenpoint, which is, like, there's a big mm. Polish community. Mm-hmm. So, oh, like, huge. there are definitely Polish people who have been here for years who I don't think really speak English because they work at a Polish-owned place. Yeah, totally. They have their Polish-owned stores that they go to. It's kind of cool that they get to still be, they could still live their life just fine. But I feel like that's probably why the, lang- why the language and traditions stay alive is because... I couldn't imagine, like, language, if you don't use it, you lose it, right? And, like, I've never Mm -hmm. been, I'm a dumb American. I've never spoken more than one language. But, like, when, there was a time where I came close. (laughs) Like, (laughs) my mom spoke Spanish fluently in the house. And then when Mm -hmm. I moved to New York, like, I used to bartend at a restaurant called El Almacen. And so everybody that I worked with was from, like, Latin America. And so I got Mm -hmm. to the point where, like, I could understand so much Spanish. Now it's like, oh, it's so embarrassing because I don't use it every single day. So I think, like, just in general, as a way to hold on to tradition for your parents, as a way for them to make mm-hmm. sure that you're still speaking the language that they know, the way that they spoke it. Like, yeah. they were yeah, like, you'll learn English in school. Exactly. <laughs> turn on the TV, turn on friends. I hear a lot of people, learning, I hear a lot of people <laughs> learn English from friends. I love that. <laughs> it's so yeah. true. You're absolutely right. Um, you, you, you learn, you can always pick it up, but being able to hold on to that cultural piece, mm-hmm. whatever it is, it could be through language, it could be through food, mm-hmm. it could be traditions right even if it's not like cultural traditions family traditions so there's like so many ways so i value that like so highly Mm -hmm. um but again it didn't it didn't stop me from getting yelled at for not for being in esl till fourth grade (laughs) (laughs) you parents are wilding out you guys are wilding out out here i love that (laughs) they sound very cute (laughs) they're just like yeah like well guys you only speak to me in cantonese so like you only do it but let me try to i don't know elevate myself out of esl like in kindergarten ridiculous but um uh yeah back to your question i i my background i'm super proud of it but like i said going upstate was going western new york to college was still something really new learning about a different way of life Mm -hmm. as well um one thing 
thing I didn't mention is I grew up in Brooklyn. I actually moved to Staten Island, so the Forgotten Borough, for <laughs> high school. It's Forgotten Borough. It's there. It's there. Yeah, yeah. I I moved there for high school um, because where I was, where my family was living, they were like, we need the, just the education. Maybe we want to go into the suburbs for you. I wasn't a great kid growing up. You I were know, naughty. Like, yeah, everyone was like. Lena, you're really not like you were like president of this. You were like track captain. You were all these things. You were not. I was like, oh no. I was like, I was, I was the kid that was running the streets. I knew you were gonna say I, that. Oh my god, I, I love that. that. I can hear it in your so voice, girl. I can hear your accent. Bad. I was like, this girl used to run the streets. I was so, <laughs> so bad. My parents like. It was. I, Wait, I, also, just, I love that your parents are so used to living in the city. They're like, that's it. We're moving to Staten Island. <laughs> it is that's kind it. of suburban there, though. It really is. A little more it, so. But they it were really like, really was. That's so funny. You were bad. I love that. So I, I was. I know my parents probably. They're probably like, oh my god, Lena. Don't I tell people those, those, those times in our life. But yeah, I was just. Um, I was outgoing. I loved hanging. I loved meeting people. Yeah. And, but then at that age, when you're like in middle school, right. there's always that fear, right? And then just neighborhoods that I was also moving around. I was so savvy with the trains. You know, the trains so Yo, young. Trains. Look, here's the yeah. thing: is New York City is like. New York City kids are 30 by the time they're 12 because y'all, exactly what you said, <laughs> you're, you're running by yourself. You're commuting. Yeah, but there's just a, there's such freedom. There's so much freedom because so if you much. have to, if you don't have, if you don't come from a family with a certain amount of wealth, like you're working, what are you going to do? Like your kids are out in the streets of New York City. Like you come, yeah, every kid that I know who's a New York City kid, like y'all have seen some shit. Like y'all have done some shit and you've seen some shit because like, you survived, right? Yeah, and you're because driving. that's what it is. You're not, yeah, you're, yeah. you're not a camp. You're not, you're just mm -hmm. kind of like figuring out your way. My yeah. sister was opposite. She was so good. She was so responsible. And I'm there like talking to people. I'm on the streets, like yeah. trying to meet people. Yeah. And my parents were like, oh no. My mom, um, it's it's not funny because like there's obviously a lot of things to unpack there. Right. But she did used to say to me, she was like, Lena, we like moved literally. We put all our money, all our money into moving us out because I wasn't sure if you're gonna ever graduate like school. Mm, like no. I don't because you are truly just like bad. <laughs> like <laughs> oh people I was meeting, just doing things right when you're yeah. 12, 13. Yeah. But but you the think thing you know is, everything. It, like yeah, you think you know everything. But it, but moving to Staten Island changed my life. Mm. It truly did. I ran like I, I ran track. Uh, I, oh, I did all these things. <laughs> I became like I became someone that was more way more aware. I think of the world, mm. aware of possibilities. Mm. That should happen to you in high school when it happens to a lot of people in their twenties and thirties. Yeah, I think. The, uh, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I started because I ran at like cross country I started really loving the outdoors and that's where I felt my most free it was like whoa there's outdoors outside of these like concrete streets like mm. there's trails there's woods like on Staten Island yeah and and that but that like that shifted my whole perspective around nature and how and my love for it as well right mm -hmm. now I'm like an avid hiker. I do all these nap. Like I compost. Like yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm that person that's at the farmers market taking on compost. Like give me your yeah. compost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, you, it's like these moments that changes the traje trajectory of mm -hmm. what you're interested in, right? Totally. And and so I, I like even though I would not live on Staten Island now, and um, I wouldn't raise a family there. Right. I still loved my experience to again really truly be 
the only like three Asians, my sister included, in like yeah. my high school. Oh yeah, wow. It, it was, oh, that's like not Asian. Yeah. And I had them like, like, oh, maybe there is like a Chinese neighborhood in Staten Island, and that's why your parents wanted to go there. Yeah. No, they truly went like they went rogue. Mm-hmm. They, they really did. From, yeah. They really went from Brooklyn, like Canarsie, like yeah, straight you had up into. Parents. They like loved dead you. Ass, yeah. Oh, dead ass, like, dead dead. yeah, yeah, girl. I want to Staten Island. I want to explain to listeners who maybe don't know New York City geography, but Staten Island is one of the five boroughs. But it, it costs is, sixteen dollars to get there. It does. <laughs> <laughs> that bridge. I was or a free ferry ride. Free ferry ride. <laughs> if you're in New York City, you can take a free ferry. But it is very suburban and woodsy. Some parts of it are very woodsy and naturey. Mm-hmm. I've seen deer on Staten Island. It actually can be really You've beautiful. Been to Staten Island? I have been. And I just feel like it's you wouldn't expect it out of a borough and definitely not Staten Island because it gets a weird ass reputation. Staten Island is it's, its own place, girl. I'm not going to lie. It's a whole other world down there. It, it really, really is. It changed her whole being. It changed her whole being. I compost. Yeah, right. <laughs> Market. I love no, it. it. It really, it really is just a di- different. It's su- suburban. It's yeah. suburban compared to your other boroughs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that's like. So I've moved around. I think within the five boroughs, quite throughout my life, mm-hmm. and that and my heart is like I say, always back in New York, even though I'm in Los Angeles now. Yeah. So what made you get interested in making a not even just a beauty <laughs> product, but a sustainable beauty product? I know you spoke about inclusivity and everything, but yeah. I mean, I can kind of start to see how your story is tying everything together. But it's a really interesting product, I think, that you decided. to Yeah. Make. Yeah. Thank you. So, uh, you know, when I was, again, uh, you know, kind of going back to, like, it's all these pieces of our story, right, that yeah. kind of allows us to kind of create our journey. So through my lens, um, obviously from my upbringing on Staten Island, yeah. I really became super, like, just aware of, like, the nature, like, really trying to preserve it. So, of course, that comes with the lifestyle being sustainable, thinking about how much we consume. Mm-hmm. And then years ago, really, I was like, you know, if I want to replace all my single-use things in my beauty routine, because I'm still a lover of all things beauty, what do I need to do? And it was truly low-hanging fruit. It was like, well, single-use makeup wipes are terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have really sensitive skin where I use it, it truly, it's burning, it doesn't clean anything, and my face actually becomes so red from it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, makeup wipes are garbage. Mm-hmm. Uh, second, <laughs> it's like cotton balls, cotton, um, the reusable, not the reusable, but like single-use cotton rounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is where my education background comes into play growing cotton takes a lot of water and takes a lot of pesticide we're talking about five thousand gallons of water just to produce like a pound of cotton holy shit ridiculous what yeah that's crazy a pound of cotton that's like two t-shirts they're heavy t-shirts but but you get right it is so so it is so much water so much and then the pesticides on it as well so you're not really unless you're using organic cotton but whatever you're buying at just your target walmart whatever it is right let's Mm -hmm. say you just grab the bag if it's not organic the 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 effect of pesticides the heavy pesticides plus the water right like that's damaging to our environment and that's damaging to people that are on our farms yeah so there's there's a lack of equity right there and totally. right there right that's like the what was it deet no no it wasn't deet what was the guy who just won that huge settlement because he had stage four cancer he the maintenance worker who spilled mm-hmm. um 
Oh, I know. You know what I'm talking not about? Deet, it's but not deep. What's the name of it? It sounds kind of similar, I feel like. I gotta look this up. We'll come back to it. Or maybe it's we'll a come. pesticide. A pesticide that's like a Roundup. Mm-hmm. Roundup, 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 which yes. I can't believe even still exists. Yes. He he had like Roundup fell on him and he ended up Jeez. with like stage four cancer and it was the he had like, the largest lawsuit i think like in history in california actually girl look it up, <laughs> it from, up. yeah <laughs> from that shit because it's like so it's so cancerous it's so bad for you it's for that's what I'm saying. That's it's crazy <laughs> for, for 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 these things yes. right for for almost like i say low-hanging fruit things that like we we need yeah but why is there nothing better totally so like if we look at equity is that equitable? Like to have people that are working that the lands like that and out and plants like that and not having any really protection? Totally. Like that's not okay. No. So that's kind of where my my education background comes into because like I was so interested in understanding and learning about all these disciplines mm-hmm. and then kind of bringing it together around sustainability. And then my backgrounds, uh, you know, my parents working in fact in garment factories, I learned a lot about textile. I learned a lot about fabrics. I learned mm-hmm. a lot about ethical manufacturing, yeah. ethical pay, and just gr- like great working conditions. Mm-hmm. So when I went to go create my reusable products to replace those single-use makeup wipes, wipes to replace those cotton balls and cotton rounds, I was looking, I was making, I want to make sure that are my fabrics sustainably sourced like where are we actually getting raw material from yeah and then the people that are making it truly sewing it yeah. like what my parents used to do are they do they have fair worker wages are they being are they being treated ethically and equitably right totally. so that's why I, and that's kind of my background plus my education and that's how i kind of came up you know came really kind of launched with these two products because these are products that people anyone can use Mm -hmm. really if you you have skincare routine or you wear a little bit of makeup you're using either or there's no gender norm here it is just a much better and much more sustainable option and because i have all these certifications around it all these things that cost a lot of money but it's the right way to do it Mm -hmm. you you can create better reusables that's out in the market and that's kind of how I came to just like I said I only have two SKUs but I I'm really proud of my products because of all the back end that I did to even create it to think about it and how in some ways it does tie up to my upbringing and how I see the world and beauty what did you study in school when you you said your educational background so I this is only I have so many stories I'm like this is gonna go on for too long I love it so so I uh, no never we love it (laughs) I actually studied biomedical science. Wow. I yeah, it was so my my journey even to get into education equity is never linear, right? Yeah. I um at, right out of high school when I applied to school, college and whatever, I actually was accepted into a 6-year uh, pharmacy program, PharmD program. And then I was like and my parents were like, "Oh, this is it. Your life yeah. is made." Six That's years, a dream, like, right? That's it. You're like eight, Asian, you're good. Like this it's is like the immigrant's house. parents' dream. I mean, that's, that sounds, <laughs> like, that sounds like the immigrant's parents' dream. That that really is. Yeah. Uh, because I was, I'm really great at, very very good at science. I, I really understood it. I really loved it as well. And of course, Lena and, and her 17 year old self was like, no, that that school's way too close to home. We just right. <laughs> gonna go as far as possible. We literally went to like you know? almost Canada. Yeah, like basically, let me go to Canada. Like, go to a state to- school to save money, but I'm going to the farthest away state That's school. Low. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I said. Oh my and god! When I literally closer to Toronto than New York City, but <laughs> I so when I got to school, uh, I majored actually in psychology and chemistry. 
Wow. So I, yeah, I, I've always loved the sciences, yeah. um, but I've always also loved like the human interaction, understanding what kind of gets us ticking as well, totally. and understanding how to use that for good. Mm -hmm. So I really stumbled around, I stumbled into education randomly it was like one of those classes that were like that's an easy a you need three credits i was like <laughs> sign me up education 101 right. sure dude but that, spoken like such a nerd no spoken like such a nerd just like well i got my psychiatry psychology classes i've got my biochem uh whatever education 101 let me just show up um the thing is changed my life changed yeah. the, the trajectory because i took it on um, my my like senior year when I really was just trying to fill in classes to mm -hmm. graduate and it changed my life because it gave me the language that I didn't have to express some of my experiences. So like mm. first generation, first to go to low income, like right. all these things. I was like, Oh, you're it right. Me. Oh, like, <laughs> it me, it me. <laughs> and, and then that's when it kind of like, again, opens up the door to other areas of interest. Uh, I actually was on my way to optometry school. I like, I applied, I all this stuff. Yeah. And then I was like, parents, I think I'm going to go to grad school for this. And they were like, oh my God, I can't. They're like, I, I can't deal with this. Your, your trajectory is everywhere. You can't figure <laughs> it out. Um, but you know, again, they, they, behind closed doors always supported me. And mm -hmm. I think always knew that I would kind of figure it out. And if not, always had things to fall back on, right? Yeah. Uh, so I went for my master's in counseling focused on college access. So mm -hmm. college access, ensuring that we had the resources and that, and through my career, that's when we kind of really, I started really thinking about equity and from that lens. Mm -hmm. uh, and now, you know, the next, next chapter is equity and beauty. And yeah. what does that look like? And how yeah. do we push that? Yeah. Um, I love that you you picked counseling and education, but something very specific with both of them put together. And I think that's really cool. And I'm so happy that people like you exist who help people, <laughs> who help people who, you know, yeah. otherwise maybe wouldn't know how to apply for college or get girl, into college. Girl, girl, you know? yes, honestly. I mean, sorry, I wasn't trying to cut you off. I was trying to cheer you on because no, you're so thank right, you. 100%. <laughs> well, it's so important. I think of like, you know, a friend of mine told me this recently. Oh, I was talking about this dean from my high school. Sound like a little bit of like hot gossip about him. <laughs> um, but I was telling her and she was like, oh, you guys had deans in your high school? Like, that's fancy. And she was like, we only had guidance counselors. And I was like, oh, we had guidance counselors, too. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's why my parents moved from Queens to this town on Long Island that had a really good school district, mm -hmm. only for mm -hmm. me to not graduate college, so, mm -hmm. but whatever. And um, what was my point? Oh, that we had all of these people at our high mm -hmm. school because we had, you know, good schools or whatever. Yeah. But you know why we had good schools? Because my dad was paying out the ass in taxes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we know all about that. But just to point out that, like, yeah, plenty of schools don't have the resources they don't have the deans and guidance counselors or enough yeah. of them at least to guide kids so someone like you is so needed yeah it's can true. specifically help with that that's 100 mm -hmm. and huge. too is like people somebody has to tell you your worth somebody has to tell you that you can be greater than what it is that you see around mm -hmm. you because it's like you said it perfectly earlier I think it's like especially as a kid you only know what you're exposed to yeah. and if you're not exposed to anything then all you know is what you see and so it's yeah. like so important for somebody to just say like 
this is all that you see, but you can be greater. There are things that are beyond here that you can do. Like, let me show you the way. I'll show. I'll give you the resources. Like, I've been. Also, I was you. Like, look at me. I did it. Like, it's yeah. so so important. And also, like, oh my god, I always talk about this fucking episode, but it was so good. There's this Malcolm Gladwell um, episode of Revisionist History, and it was about um, why un- why high what is it high achieving high achieving and high risk youth don't apply to Ivy League schools because so I guess like Harvard and Yale like all the big schools said all right if you can like figure out how to apply to school and you have like the grades to get in mm-hmm. you can go to school for free but they're like but not that many people applied I guess there must not be like that many high achieving high risk youth and Malcolm Gladwell was like bitch I don't think so let's get to the bottom of this <laughs> and so like he like did this deep dive into seeing like all the things that kids that are high risk have to get through just yeah. to get to the point of applying like I mean this was like the worst of the worst but you know kids that live in foster in foster care yeah. because their parents were fucking murdered in front of them and their houses burnt down but they're geniuses right so like how do those kids compete against yeah. Sam Smith whose father and grandfather and whatever all went to all Harvard. went to Harvard, Harvard. and they're just uh-huh, exactly Harvard and they're just gonna get in. So just like to have people like you like just on that trajectory, I guess, just like make that your mission on your mission on that mission. I think it's just so incredible and so beautiful. Yeah. Really yeah. Cool. yeah no, thank you. It's it's fully a te- like like anything, right? It's fully a team. I've worked with some amazing like colleagues mentors in the new york city school systems Uh that are just putting just putting money where their mouth is Uh and that's so so important and i think that you're right um there's there's so much to that right how do we continue building how do we get students to know that they are so valuable that there's Uh so much more to it and that's why the work is so rewarding so so rewarding and again it's just not me thank you for that there's so many of me yeah. out there that are trying but you know bureaucracy and all these other things, the things. that come in play but we're we gotta continue moving towards that way totally so many people on the ground doing the work totally for sure this episode is brought to you by sax.com at Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. <laughs> Okay, so I want to talk about your products for a sec. Well, we could talk about them for more than a sec. Um, But when I was looking at them on your website, I was like, how genius is this? The way that it's shaped so that it can get even your eye makeup. Yeah. Well, well, have you described in in totality, like, what it is, what the two products are that you have created? Oh, yeah, created? let's talk about each like, of them. Yeah. Yeah. So I have two SKUs. Uh, one is, we call, I should have fancier names for it, like, you know, kind of like those pitch names or whatever. But one is really called um, the the Bamboo Charcoal Makeup Remover Pad. You know what? It is what have it, it be that, straightforward. Don't ask me any fucking questions. This is what it is. <laughs> it's in the name. That's what it is. It's <laughs> straight to the point. 
point. And it helps you, it really is to replace your makeup wipes, right? We know mm -hmm. makeup wipes, like, what was it? I think like 20 million wipes get thrown out daily. Like, that's crazy. They're so bad for the environment. So, They're so, so bad. So bad. They're made out of plastic. I mean, that makes uh, sense. The formulation's terrible on it. Mm -hmm. and Horrible that's ingredients that are really bad Horrible. It's horrible. million a day? Yeah. In I the country it. or worldwide? This isn't just in the country. This is just in our country? I think believe so, yeah. I believe it. I think there are people who use I mean, them every day. I kind of figured. I figured just Yeah, you can use like one, you know, like two to three, depending. Some people use it as a face, like cleaning their face. So no, it's, like, not, it's not that I don't believe it, but I'm just saying, like, think of all the other countries. What? Like, think about how many yeah. more in actuality it is besides 20 million per day That's, that are this, actually getting This almost seems like the easiest way... Just other than like it. bring a tote bag instead of <laughs> using a plastic bag that seems like the other easiest wipes. way to like save the fucking environment yes and just that's, be low waste you get it yes yes that's now, that, now that we're talking about it super like it should not even it almost like a no-brainer like we should just make the switch yeah. for that so i designed it and this is the one where uh has a pointed tip to really help get in the lash into your lash line i already have thin lashes i'm not trying to rip them off right so gentle <laughs> is the way to go but also okay. so precise the fact that it's pointed so you can like actually remove your eyeliner or your mascara not just like rub it all Ooh, around that's a good point yeah, yeah. that's yeah, a really nice design mm -hmm. yeah thank you and it's made out of a bamboo charcoal um so it's bamboo charcoal so it's actually has bamboo in it charcoal for anti-bacterial properties mm. as well so that's great and what's even like you throw it in with your laundry. I love that. I truly throw it in with my, your laundry. Hot, cold, warm water. You could hand wash it. Bamboo yeah. dries really quickly as well. Uh -huh. So if you don't want to throw it into your laundry, you could just let air dry it. Uh, so that's my that's one product to replace that's your awesome. makeup wipes. And then the second one is, again, super, like to be low-hanging fruit, but it's to replace your cotton balls and cotton rounds. Cotton, as we discussed, mm -hmm. is very uh, is a very dirty crop, like mm -hmm. literally. Yeah. So this one will replace place it and again wash super easy to wash thrown with your laundry the big difference is that my both my fabrics are certified what we call okio tech certified meaning that it's been tested for all those chemicals it actually you can trace the supply chain you can basically trace like where it's coming from how it's created ke the chemicals used to create wow. a fabric is like kind of thrown back into a closed loop cycle, not thrown back into water streams. Wow. So that's How, is that why new technology to be able to track that? That's it's so not, cool. I wouldn't say it's technology. It's like more like a third party that like goes to all these places and like oh. just make sure like what is happening behind the scenes. Yeah. And you have to show documentations like mills and factories have to show documentation that like, hey, we're discarding properly or we're reusing, we're upcycling properly. Right. And it's just a, it's just another layer of accountability. Love it. Because you know, corporations, if you don't have the accountability, we don't know what happens. Right. You know, because, and that was kind of a silly question. <laughs> I was thinking about questions that we could ask you before we got started. And I was just saying, like, every stupid thing that came to my mind about, like, recycling <laughs> and sustainability. And I'm going to ask this stupid question. And I said that I wasn't going to now. Alex was like, I don't know if she's going to know the answer. I'm not sure this is her, like, but thing, but dude, maybe we could brainstorm Are together. we even, because you just said it, making sure that they're upcycling, making sure they're re recycling. Are we even fucking really recycling? Like, I know I'm putting oh. out the bids. I think Girl, a I lot know, of our, but like, I, where does it go? I think it's been said before, at least in New York City, that 
or maybe for the country, but don't quote me on any of this, that a lot of our recycling still goes to landfills. It's not actually be recycled. I think it's just a lack of resources to be able to get that all done. We don't have like the infrastructure to do the recycling. We just, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, So, but wait, remember when our city started composting and it's like, you motherfuckers can't even get our recycling recycled. We're going to start a compost situation. And we're going to believe that it really gets composted? Yeah, where's that going? With the trees that's Mm. polluting everybody? That's killing us? I don't know. (laughs) So, okay, so we're not sure where our New York City recycling goes, but we know where your upcycling comes from, which is very impressive to me. It really is. That's like this closed loop that I wanted to get to. That's very, very impressive. Yeah, and yeah. that's the, like that's the extra step that I think brands, beauty, it doesn't really, any brand needs to start thinking about. It's not just like, oh, it's recyclable, it's whatever. It's just like the next step mm-hmm. because we do want to care about the planet. We want to care about people, right? Because as we know, and enough documentation around and documentaries, if you're not disposing of chemicals, mo- most low-income uh, communities live around plants, mm-hmm. chemical plants. Mm-hmm. And if they're not discarding it properly, it's getting discarded into soil and water streams that hurt those communities. Mm-hmm. So we know that. That's why it was so important for me to not just like create another reusable on the market, but like what's our fabric? What's our touch point? that we can account for to ensure mm-hmm. it's done right totally. so i know it's like you know for some people like for me not even some people for me it's like very important to have those touch points and to understand it yeah there's enough stuff in the world it's time to make better stuff well but too, you're like, so on point so shit you know <laughs> people are there's like well, so much greenwashing there's so much like <laughs> You know, so this says that it's this, but how do I know that it really is this, That's, right? Like that H&M yeah. bullshit, that H&M... Fu- Sorry, I'm getting upset because I forgot about... I forgot that Trevor their Noah, I think, line? did this. Yeah, their conscience line. They went in, it has, like, all these labels saying, like, oh, this T-shirt, like, actually saves, like, the X amount of water, but it's, like... They, it's it's all marketing. It's, like, they come up with the numbers that don't mean mm-hmm. fucking bullshit, and it's all bullshit lies for... Sorry, H&M, whatever. But I mean, but I know think, told me about it. I think that's Before a lot of... <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not making it up. You can go see it on The Daily Show. But it's just like... So, I'm sorry to cut you sorry, off. Sorry, no. It's so offensive. I love, I, allergies. I, love, I love Trevor Noah. I'll believe anything he says. So, yes. Right? Exactly. Me too. I don't <laughs> I don't have any receipts, but he does, I bet. <laughs> and you do too. So, so many people like, are actually doing the work. Like, so many mm. people are just like are just talking to make some fucking money because it's America and this is capitalism. I don't, whatever. I'm not going to get into that. Also, I don't think some people even realize, like, there is a next step. Like, you can't just be like, well, this packaging's recyclable and that's all that matters. Where did you put it? Actually, right. Like, where did all this come from? Everything. Where did it come from? We know your product now right from the bottom of it, where it came from. And you cared enough to to know all of that, research all of that. That's true. That's huge. I would probably buy anything you made. Even, like, the charcoal (laughs) in the in the uh yeah, the charcoal crop. in the because i was like crop. why is there charcoal in it but like you're like but also my first thought was like oh my god but if i was to use that and maybe i can't so you tell me if i was to use that in the studio on multiple people like the bacteria how would we figure that but then you're like the charcoal is antibacterial is it, yeah i love that that's so it's just you thought about it you thought about it it, all. it, so it really is and it's just such a and it's such a good material right like first i hate like no one like stained white i sure don't i sure yeah. as hell don't like stained white I so i was like so like uh, parts of it absolutely the fabric and how it was made was so important to me and then i was like uh eyeliner i don't need to see my i don't need to see anything that that needs to be there like all the stains yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, like so i love the gray 
Yeah, I love the gray for that reason. Um, so I think, again, it's back to my education backgrounds, right? And like all the research, like my research, I did a lot of research too in grad school and undergrad. It's like all that coming into play into creating better. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's where it's really valuable, kind of my education, my my job, my career, right? Right. Coming into and creating things that make sense. Yes. And it all goes back to education because you, your career hasn't been... Uh, linear, like you said, and it's, I mean, it's, it certainly is right in the middle of it, it seems, but you're able to string together all of these different aspects of your life through having a great education to be able to expand your world, which is really what you're just trying to do for like other kids that yeah. came from their same background. And yeah. your life so just growing great. up in New York City. Yeah. And just being a kind being of around different people, seeing different rough and tumble kids. <laughs> On the street. Being a bad bitch in the streets of New York. Yeah. But also just seeing lots of different people and just like not forgetting where you came from, I totally. guess, in a sense of like making things attainable. Like I also when I was looking at your website, I'm like, okay, for like something that is so well researched, so sustainable, so nice and pretty, the price point is great. Like it's not, you know, I think there's a lot out there when it comes I see it in the fashion world a lot. A lot of sustainable brands you come to find out, like not so sustainable, but they were fucking with you with their high price points because that made you think like oh they must be yeah. very sustainable if a dress is 450 dollars yeah. everybody you know? must be getting paid yeah oh yeah so i think you've kind of really like hit all the well because then it also the makes it, it's you know the environmental movement the sustainability movement has become like this thing of affluence and like yeah if the idea is it's for the fucking planet Bitch, mm -hmm. not everybody's rich. Most of us ain't rich. Oh, you, you, <laughs> oh my God. You hit on a whole other point. This yeah. is, oh my God. You hit on a, such another point that is so important to me. So, like, even just pricing, like, if you talk to any brand, pricing model is mm -hmm. something that you think about, right? It's just kind of like your, your financial modeling, your forecast modeling. Pricing. Mm -hmm. If we're talking about access, we're not talking about access, but we're talking about, like, cl clean beauty, good production, not only afforded to wealthy mm -hmm. and unfortunately that's kind of where the world is right now mm -hmm. we gotta start shifting that P and I, my, if I could even lower my price I definitely would right but because like the quality it is a little higher even for me to kind of create and work I mean, and things all that. cost money right things cost but it's like but at the same time it's like how do we make things accessible? Like one thing, uh, people are gonna probably not not love this, but I think clean beauty is a white woman game. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. it's not accessible enough yeah. because clean beauty at price points and locations and all this. Like, how do we make things just more accessible? How do we yeah. make good things more accessible? Totally. If I'm taking a dollar of yours, your dollar is worth exactly a dollar as someone else's dollar, mm -hmm. and it should never. And I, there's a lot to unpack there, right? Mm -hmm. I can get so nerdy about these uh different no, levels or it. layers I yeah just, I, no i mean my, it's also you're right it's also nuanced there's just so many levels and so, layers to so much and it's also crazy yeah. because it comes i think about um oh i think i had joked was it on one of our episodes recently about how when covid hit i became obsessed with the great depression and like reading all about the great <laughs> yes. depression and the dust bowl because <laughs> i was like how am i gonna make it out here in this world now literally what the fuck is wrong with me i'm very dramatic i am emotional dramatic psycho anyway it's funny because i'm like seeing how people lived back then and mm -hmm. the way that some companies have made sustainability like how you said only accessible to a certain kind of person um, 
a certain kind of financially comfortable person. Mm -hmm. I look back at like people back then and it's like, oh, they reused everything. There was no single use anything. Uh We had this like weird time from then to now, like what, a hundred years of just like waste. I guess it's Mm -hmm. like our parents' generation. Just lots of processed foods and waste, yeah. you know? Well, I mean, and we're kind of trying yeah. to go back yeah. to that, Yeah. which, thank God. Mm-hmm. But it's just so interesting that the way those people lived, they actually had no money, and that's why they had to live like that mm-hmm. and, like, reuse things and wash it's a great... things. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just interesting. It was just a, I just wanted to point it out because I think it's interesting. Uh, absolutely. I kind of agree with you. It's kind of like we somehow, like the last, I guess, 50, well, we're in 20. So like probably the last 70 years, we shifted, right, mm-hmm. into this single-use space. But then we are all trying to go back a little bit. Uh, I think the pandemic has really shown us, like, things that just don't don't work anymore, mm-hmm. d- that just really don't. And that you truly don't going, need. That you really, yeah. So going back to... Um, like, yeah, like you say, like going back to that space where we're reusing things and maybe using less of things, uh, it, it's, it's kind of, I, I personally, that's like my lifestyle anyways, so I'm Same. so for it. Mm-hmm. I think your product's really cool, too, because I know this from clients. Um, a lot of people don't wash their face properly. They think just like massaging some cleanser on, rinsing it with water, they're good. I'm, I'm um, new to the washcloth mm-hmm. game. Yeah, like I'm sh- newly back to the washcloth game. Yeah, like you know what I mean. Using a washcloth, your product is great because it's also kind of like a fun way <laughs> to yeah, actually wash your face mm-hmm. the right way. You know that people can feel really good about because of the sustainability aspect. Um, I mean, there I've said before I've given people facials. Yeah. Uh, like in the morning time and I'm like girl why is there still foundation left on your face got some, they, got some lipstick in your cracks yeah because they don't know how to wash their face and a product like yours oh. would make people actually get all of their makeup off all of their sunscreen whatever products they had on mm-hmm. the night before mm-hmm. and I think that's just really cool yeah do you do you see that often um like the I guess the face cleaning part of it I uh, did a lot of I you know speaking to my community and I'm learning I'm like a, such a person i love washing my face it's like the for me it's like a reset it's like your day ending your day starting it's like a complete mm, it's like a same. refreshing feeling i look better i don't know yeah like it's like okay you know after yeah. let's say a long hard crying just wash your face you just feel good yeah it's I'm not true. saying that we're all crying but you know we have those <laughs> yeah days. yeah and so washing my face is almost like something so personal to me yeah right um it's, it's a place ritual. i go to the few minutes feels good but uh talking to my community uh, I, I, I'm hearing that some people don't. Yeah, and it's actually a really new like space that I'm learning about that yeah. pe- some people don't wash or like maybe they don't do it as often or maybe it's like a chore. Yeah, it's a yeah. You're like yeah. what? I love it. <laughs> I, I love it. So I don't, yeah. I think we're living we're living in a fast, fast, fast. Well, we're trying to slow down now, but it's we're living in a fast world where it's just mm-hmm. like. You're just going out. I mean, God, moms right now. I don't know what we can do for moms to thank them oh, for, yeah. like, this shit year of, like, <laughs> doing the most, literally the most. Mm-hmm. But, like, I can imagine, yeah, by the time everybody's done, like, and I've got five minutes to myself. Yeah. I can understand why you would want to spend it washing your face, but I can understand why you wouldn't also. I can true. understand That's why you'd true. want to be like, bitch, true. I'm going to go sit right here and have this glass of wine and have a good cry, and then oh, maybe I won't I wash my face. sometimes I got to get my ass out of bed. I'm like, oh, That's I could true. just fall yeah. asleep right now. I had already brushed my teeth. I forgot to wash my face. But I'm going to do it. But taking the time back is also a beautiful thing. 
which is something that like I know when I'm that's a great point I know that like I'm in my a good headspace when I'm taking care of myself when I'm doing the things that I should be doing at night before I go to bed like when I take the time to be like bitch go in the bathroom brush your teeth brush my teeth bitch while you're here might as well wash your face the water's on like these are conversations I have with myself to force myself to do it you've just had an exhausting yeah but then I feel great but then it's just like look what you did for yourself like look you're gonna wake up got your retinol on got your moisturizer on like (laughs) look gonna look fresh tomorrow and have like a great day because the opposite isn't gonna happen which is oh fuck my SPF was on now I've got a pimple (laughs) you know you're you're mad it's true you're you're absolutely right like there's just uh, I no, you're absolutely right like even just like your um your example of like moms right I can't even imagine I'm not a mom Mm -hmm. so I can't like pretend like I can imagine their life like how I thought your kid would be in school like 70% of the time and then all of a sudden they're not oh my god (laughs) Everybody All of a sudden, they're underneath your desk. They're knocking yeah. at your door. Right? It's true. No. Um, and you're a bad bitch in the office, but your mommy at home, now the worlds are colliding. You don't know what the fuck to do. That's how I it feel. I could not imagine. Right? I can't no, imagine. No, no, I no. couldn't imagine. Oh, I wanted to say real quick um, <laughs> that I'm just off. thinking of like... Sorry fucking like Neutrogena commercials or other skincare commercials where you are taught to just like splash water everywhere and that's the end of your face washing ritual so I guess we can't blame people for not knowing how to wash their yeah that's properly. true well I think it's that like the towel okay here's how I used to always look at it it's like the towel at the end gets off whatever shit's left yeah mm. but, like, but the towel is really just there to dry that's yeah. disgusting yeah. it's just there to get and if there's left. a little residue on your towel there's more residue that you exactly. didn't get exactly yeah um, that's it all right, that's my goal. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to make people love it. See I think, it as yeah. like a ritual. Yeah. See it as like a true ritual. Five minutes to themselves. Yeah. Where they take that extra breath, that deep breath that they totally. need, because we all need it. Do you know that's what, what we're doing. Do you want to know something really funny, like yeah. a little thing? And you can have this, girl. But don't tell me that I can't use it too. Is <laughs> <laughs> But I've been, I'll say to people because they're like, "Oh, well, I just go to sleep so late," and I'm like, "So just wash your face as soon as you get home." And they're like, "Oh, wait, that's an option." I'm like, bitch, you're not going anywhere else. What are you doing? I know. They think they have to wait until they're like about to fall asleep. You know, and it's like, I'm actually guilty of that. Yeah, I mean, I am too. But I'm trying to change. We're changing the narrative. We are taking today to change (laughs) the narrative. We got this. We're doing it. We're doing it. Wash your face. If you don't want to wait until that night, it's done. I really love it, and I think that this will. I don't know. I'm thinking again about the shape of the charcoal pads and how they'll get into the corner of your nose because that's another. Yes. When I'm giving a facial, I'll go to do extractions there. And even though I've cleansed them, there's makeup stuck in their pores. So, like, that's the gookiest piece of the face. That pointy little thing's going to, everyone's going to be clean as fuck getting in the chin. Oh, Oh, the chin area. Ooh, you're right. Yeah. Washcloth doesn't really go in there, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was, uh, I was telling another founder, I was like, I'm saving people's eyelashes one at a time. Yeah, I'm going to make sure they stay on. Honestly. Uh, and know, bamboo's nice and soft, too. It's soft. super, yeah. I'm, I'm going to say you both. Once we get off, we're going oh, to, so, so, so you can see it as well. Like, for to. me, get off the makeup. If you have extensions, because we, you know, if you've ever yes. had extensions, you want, you don't want to pull on it. I was going to say the same thing. That's exactly what I was thinking was extensions. She does them on clients. Yes, I do them, but also, you know, mascara is made to never fucking come off, especially waterproof. Bitches Water, made to yeah. never come off. So I'm like, it takes so long to just get all of that gunk off because people don't know how to properly get in between the lashes. You're saving mm-hmm. lives. You're right. You're not lying, girl. You're saving lives. <laughs> yes. You're saving my yes, back. Yes. You're saving my time, too. I appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, it. I gotta. I want you both obviously try it out. Uh, I think you'll love it. And like I said, t- t- 
feedback is always welcomed. But yes, I'm saving eyelashes, mm -hmm. eyelash extensions yes. as well. Mm -hmm. They're expensive. This is so exciting. I'm so excited for I'm you. I'm really excited for you. Uh, I, I so, mean, you're already doing great. But. Yes. Yeah, I can't believe you already, you said you're an ASOS already? I'm an ASOS. I'm in a few wow. stores in LA. Uh, wow. We're Sweet. We, yeah, we have some really great partners. What stores in LA can people find you at? Yeah, so we're in LA. We're in this amazing uh, woman of color owned store in Pasadena. It's called uh, Homage Pasadena beautiful curated goods uh so we're there we're with uh one one down dog which is a yoga studio as well Cute. find us on you know online you can find us at asos we have some really great uh you know, great partnerships coming up so yes. we're, that we're finalizing so exciting. and super exciting. And, you know, we are actually, we were selected for Tower 28's uh, Clean Beauty Summer School. Awesome. So we were so one of the cool. 10 finalists of um, people of, of women of color founders. That's I love so that. Great. Um, tell the listeners your website if they want to go to your website. Yes, it's a www.clean-circle.com. Instagram handle is Clean Circle Official. Love it. Clean Circle so Official. Great. Oh Thank my God, it's official. You started a company. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, well, I mean, it's all year round is your time to shine, but I feel like this summer especially, we just have so much extra gloop and glop on our skin because of like everybody's SPFing, mm -hmm. everybody, you know, we're, and also we're getting out of this thing. Everybody's getting out. Makeup's going back on. Yes. But it's also got to come off, ladies. Makeup's going back on, but it's got to come off. Take People are ready off. to, you know? <laughs> Take yeah. off and then put on skincare. Take yes. off and exactly. put on skincare. Whatever you're yes. doing, use Clean Circle. Hey, guys. Oh, hey. Hope that you loved that interview, or rather that chat. Yes. With Lena. She's, is she not really cool? I think she's, she's so really dope. Cool. Yeah. And so smart and passionate and so genuine. passionate. And you see it. I mm -hmm. mean, you guys couldn't see her face, but I could see it in her face while she was talking about her line and just about what brought her there. And totally. I just really respect all the research that she's done. Mm -hmm. And I, le I learned so much. Totally. I feel like I've known that cotton wasn't good, but I'm not going to lie. I don't know that I knew the specifics. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize. I mean, I've seen the memes, I'm sure, but just to hear those numbers out loud... Or even just to hear, like, 20 million face wipes a day. A day. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm totally guilty of that because we use a lot of one-use products here, like, within our industry. And it's really difficult to try to, like, you know, rectify that. And I try to, um, in my personal life, you know, like, do things like, you know, Same. not buy new clothes and just, like, only buy used or vintage or what have you. But it's not enough. We need to do – we need to go to the next level. We can all stand to fucking sacrifice something – like to, I said, you know, if it was possible during the Great Fucking Depression. Honestly. And not, if all you have to do is sacrifice a face wipe, bet you lucky. Honestly. <laughs> That's it. Honestly. <laughs> and you get to support a bad bitch like Lena. Girl, you lucky. For fucking real. <laughs> um, just a reminder, I know that she mentioned it, but if you want to check out her products, you can go to www.clean-circle.com. Dot com. Mm -hmm. um, super easy to navigate because she only has two products, which is, they're both amazing. So, mm -hmm. I'm about to get some easy right now. Easy. Let's click buy, put it in the cart. Check I it out. Know. I'm excited. I really want the charcoal bamboo. Yes, me too. 
Um, what else, what else? What else? I believe that is it. I mean, you guys can rate, review, subscribe. Hey, rate, review, subscribe. Hey, rate, review, subscribe. And you can tell your mama. You can tell your sis. Oh my God, you guys have been telling your mamas and your sisters. Oh my God, we've had moms right in. Oh yes, thank you so much for telling everybody. Someone was like, oh shit, they told me to tell my mom. I'm telling my mom. Mama, you gotta listen to that, that. bitches. (laughs) They might be your age. No, we love getting your letters. We love, love, love getting your letters. I stay up late into way too late into the night reading them and, <laughs> and laughing. And laughing. Some of them are funny. Yes. Yeah, a hundred percent. And sometimes crying and then trying not to text Alex because she's already in bed. But I want her to know that you guys grandma, love us. Nine thirty is my bedtime. Um, but no, we appreciate you guys so much. We love you. We Thank truly you do. For writing in, you can read it. Read us. Reach us. Yes. Where can they read or reach us? They can reach us if you'd like to send us an email. True Beauty Brooklyn Podcast at gmail.com. You can also DM us on Instagram at True Beauty Brooklyn Podcast. You could say, What's up, girl? Um, on Twitter at True Beauty BK Pod. I think that's it. I think that's it. We'll Thank see you guys so much. Next time. Thank you. See you next time. Bye. Bye. This has been a COC BK production. Produced by us, Elizabeth Taylor and Alex Shapiro. Our engineer is Bart Tripoli. Our theme music composer is Zebra Sonic. Our artwork is by Garrett Ross. Our photos, hair, and makeup are by Sabrina and Joe Holdsworth. If you're an advertiser interested in advertising on our show, go to midroll.com slash ads. For more information, go to exactlyrightmedia.com. Exactly Right Media.